generally when I'm not thinking about my driving, when I'm worried about other things is when I do the best. It's time for Class Racing Today, the podcast for the NHRA Class Racing fan. Welcome back to Class Racing Today, classracingtoday.com, classracingtoday at gmail.com. It has been a few weeks of summer. The the dog days of summer, is that what we call this, uh, have been upon us. Brian's decided to uh, put some gasoline in that motor that motor, uh, and fire that baby up. So he's been out and about running around. Uh, we have a guest on with us, uh, a, a standard, regular guest that we're going to call him. What do they call that in like the news? The affiliate, uh, maybe <laughs> local expert. There it is, perfect. Four speed Johnny is back with on. us. What is going on? Well, just uh, <laughs> got got back late last night and uh, got unloaded and went to work today. And now I'm back in my shop here, so I can finish cleaning things up and hopefully get some get some work done yet tonight. Wait, you're supposed to unload. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't the, just leave the it life sitting of in a sportsman drag racer. It's not <laughs> it, it's not as glorious as one would would think it's supposed to be, but I uh actually had a well I haven't used my car in a year and my batteries I wanted to pull them out and go lithium or a pretty awesome company and they're like I wasn't sure if I had an issue with my charger and I'm like, "Hey, I'm going to get started for the year now now that it's almost over." And they said, "Hey, just leave them with leave them here, pull them out, leave them here. We'll check them over and overnight them to you." So I pulled my batteries out, gave my charger, so I can't even technically start my car to back it out of the trailer. So, but so talk about this. So the last time we were on the show here, you had um, no real idea other than uh, it's soon that your engine was going to be ready to drop back in the car. Uh, talk, how'd it go? What happened? I don't know if I want to relive it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good process, but we went and. I dynoed, let's see, yeah, we could go Thursday, went and dynoed it, and that really turned into Friday evening, so I got home Saturday, a week ago Saturday with the motor, and had to get started, but as my shop is currently under construction, I have no cement, so I have a good friend that was going to help me out with that, and kind of got everything rammed together, was supposed to leave Wednesday morning, and we fired the car for the first time about 6 o'clock, had a few little... A.M. or P.M.? P.M., had a few little gremlins, <laughs> went to test drive it, and... Didn't have reverse or third gear, so you're drag racing. You go that direction. Why do you need reverse? I want top gear. No, the third gear. I get that, but this the straight part. So yeah, we uh <laughs> we thrashed away until about ten o'clock at night, and then headed to Brainerd because we had to race in the morning. So that was that was a lot. Like I know how Johnny feels now. Like I don't know anybody that works as hard as Johnny, and I probably only worked half as hard as him. <laughs> Well, you're leaving a lot of the story out there, Brian, and I only know the overall version, the little bit that I talked to you on the phone, but in, and I think it's important to mention you had a lot of help from a lot of folks to, to make it to the race, and you ended up having some troubles at the race, but got it figured out, but I know Lance and the crew over at Line Performance really helped you out on the dyno to get it figured out and, and, and running, and then Chris and his crew there at Chris Craft in Watertown helped you get the motor swap, and then swap the transmission right at the last instant um so and then uh when you were at the racetrack who who was it that found the loose ground wire in the back of the head <sighs> i actually did but i probably owe that to jason deforest you because did? yeah i actually found it i was ready to go home i'm just like this is dumb 
if I can't change anything, and I thought it was something in the ignition. So long story short, we go to test the car before I go in the trailer to go to Brainerd, which I'm glad I did. Chris is driving, and it shifts from first to second, awesome, won't go into third. We stop, going to back up and drive to the shop. Reverse is slipping. We're like, well, this ain't going to work. So called Leo. He was pretty good. We talked through some things that might be, you know, a gasket or something, just something goofy. You know how the new new car stuff, everything's a little different. Threw all reliable in, and we got to the track. But um, first pass, kind of breaking up, just not running right. And I thought it was in the tune, so I was playing with that. And just, you know, you never know. There's so many different spots to look. Well, then uh, help from lines again came over, and after the losing class first round, I uh, he said, it's got to be in the ignition. So I called Chris, and I have an extra set of coils, but at 10 o'clock at night, I didn't think, hey, I'm going to grab the extra harness and coils just in case. That was the only thing we changed from the dyno was the coils. And he's like, well, you know how many Chevy pickups are at Brainerd International Raceway right now? Like, literally the ignition and the harness and everything are the exact same. <laughs> go out to the parking lot and just take something. Borrow it. And I was going to go home. I'm like, if I didn't change anything, it's not working. Like, this is just dumb. Like, if I'm not changing anything, there's no reason to go down the track. Well, I actually woke up at like 6 in the morning. I thought, you know, I'm just going to look at the harness to see what it is. And started following wires, and somehow the one eyelid on the right-hand side of the block, the bolt was in it. It just didn't get tightened sometime between all of the thrashing away. Tighten that up, put new plugs in it. Thought, well, at least I changed something. I'm going to get data, see what happens, dial the index. and Yeah. But I went to Jason DeForest because he's like, you're here. Just somebody will have parts, fix it, don't give up. Like, you're already here, keep going. But I was literally ready to pack up Thursday. I'm just like, this is dumb. But Peter Lancier's on the Facebook. Lost. Says, congrats, John. Yeah, thank, thanks, Pete. I uh, I did manage to accomplish something that I hadn't done yet, which was win class. <laughs> um, I only had one car in my class, and and uh, James Findell was nice enough to. Uh, change class add weight to his car so that we could have a, a competitor in in g stick and uh, neither one of us made a very good pass during class i actually made a lot better passes later in the day after i figured out my new old clutch setup but uh anyway i i had it hopped up and and uh and did an okay job and managed to win a class wally so yeah that's a first first for me so awesome it is pretty cool though how everybody at the track's willing to be helpful like like I said, there was a, it took a lot of, a lot of things to make things go. And I didn't want to give up, but there's times where I'm like, man, this is dumb, but I need to get data. I need to go down the track. And you know, the hardest part, the first time I pulled in the water box, like, how do I do a burnout? <laughs> Did you forget? <laughs> I almost didn't push the line lock. Like it was so dumb. Like I pumped the brakes. I let off like, wait a minute. I got to push this little red button. Let's try her again. Like it just, it was like, it was like riding a bike. It kind of, kind of came around and. I will say going into first round, no idea. You know, I hadn't made a pass down the track. And uh thought, well, at least we're gonna get data. We're here for a good time. So then as soon as that thing launched, I'm like, I think we found the problem. And it was pretty cool when first time down the track, you go faster than the cars <laughs> ever went. So even though I went red, I mean most people would be pretty disappointed, but I giggled the whole way down that we finally, you know what? Perseverance got through there and found it and I think we'll have a pretty good piece. Speaking of uh, the camaraderie yeah, at the track. You ran all the way out on that pass, Brian. And what was that? You ended up going 75. 
you went 7,500, didn't you? Yeah, it was like 75, 7,600. So. Yeah, in that, and the air was not fast. So you got a, you got a lot of potential there. I figured I had a, <laughs> so you don't get dial the index because you don't really know one. I figured I went to Lance. I'm like, I don't know. What's this thing going to run? You know, 11, maybe 1190, 1180. And he looked at me like I had three heads, like. It's going to do better than that. I'm like, I just can't foresee. Like, this thing hasn't been on the track. I don't know what I'm doing. So I got my time slip, and like I said, it was 75, 76 under. I was like, hmm. Welcome to line performance. I was pretty excited. <laughs> but, yeah, it was uh, it was fun to get back in the track. It was fun to be with the people. Um, and it was, you know, for all the rain and stuff, it was actually... I mean, they made things happen. I thought it, I thought for sure you guys are all going to still be racing on Monday. Like, yeah, no, they the the staff there at Brainerd International Raceway and NHRA they did a great job of of getting the race in, and you know, and it turned out to be a beautiful day on on Sunday. But even the couple of rain showers we had there on Saturday, I mean, they were they were rush, you know, rushing cars, getting cars down the track, and and uh, getting the race in, and it it. it they did a really good job of, of getting the program all put together with the weather challenges that they had there a little bit. So the one thing it made it, it made it a little bit stressful for us racers, especially when you're racing more, more than one class as I can attest to, but uh, it worked out really good. So I always uh, like going to Brainerd. You see the, you know, just the people you run into, like I should know the lady at the ticket booth, you know, when she gives you your tickets, Chrissy, Chrissy is one of the Chrissy. nicest people to ever hand somebody a, a losing <laughs> ticket like it just she feels worse than you do like i just love her and uh the other people that are always friendly and smiling happen to win so how cool is that <laughs> and that's actually our are we talking about yeah our guest today tracy fairchild hi guys <clears throat> how can you stay so positive all the time hey, living Jerry. in minnesota <laughs> I wouldn't rather, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I like the cold weather. I've never been to Brainerd and not seen you or just, you know, you guys are always so happy and smiling and pleasant. I mean, you're just like, how do you not like going there? Yeah. There yeah is... It's a, it's an enjoyable place. They they have a good staff at that track. Um, like you said, Chrissy in the ticket booth. Um, Even when you lose, when you get to her, she's always got a kind word. She's got a freezy. She's got a sucker there's something that's coming with your time slip um that just makes you smile <clears throat> yeah i uh there was a few times this weekend like i said i was probably got a couple dings inside my trailer because i was kind of ramming my head against the wall and come on everybody's smiling and happy and just you know it's just pretty cool it's just an awesome place to go and so yeah have you won? Do you win class every time you go there? Or is this your first time? Correct. Uh, no, I've won class four times, twice with, once with the Barracuda, and now three times with the AMX. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it was definitely running good this weekend. I was kind of disappointed. I saw I had you second round. I'm like, uh oh, that's going to be tough. But I uh, didn't have enough lucky rabbit's foots to get there. So. Yeah, that would have been a good race. It would have been uh, would have given me a race anyway. I, the guy I ended up with ended up. I guess I could say I ended up with a competition by when he melted down the car in the staging lane. So I had a little problem there, but 
I guess it was a free run, so I'm I'm never going to give it up. But. <clears throat> yeah, all in all, I mean, the weekend went pretty good. I mean, it'd been nice if there was 80 class cars there instead of what 55 as far as the quota. But yeah, yeah, it uh, with the car count and the room. I mean, there was quite a bit of room there this weekend. There was a lot of open spaces. So I, I you know, I'm sure NHRA has their reasons, but if class other classes don't fill, I don't understand why they can't uh, bump the quotas up in, in classes that are full, you know, and let more guys in. It's money. I mean, they turn it down. So I guess let's back up a little bit. Where are you from, Tracy? Aiken, A-I-T-K-I-N, Minnesota, about 30 miles northeast of Brainerd. And your AMX, is that, how long have you had that car? I bought that from Steve Hooter probably seven, eight years ago as a rolling shell. He had kind of, well, he'd had it. I suppose he'd had it for at least 20 years. I know sitting in a shop for quite a while just as a painted and and had the cage in it and the glass in it and was sitting in his corner of his shop covered in boxes the first time I saw it. I didn't realize it was painted. It had so much Bondo dust on it and covered in boxes. I just thought it was a primer. And uh, he blew it all off, and, and it had a heck of a nice paint job on it. Had you been looking for an AMX or how? Because you're... No. Well, I am a Mopar guy and a closet AMC fan. So just because of that, uh, the, a lot of the, you know, the, the rear end and the transmission and a lot of the stuff crosses over. So uh, I can't say that, I've always been looking for an AMX, but I've been a fan of them for quite a while. And when this one came up, I just casually asked him about it. And he said, he came back to me, I suppose, a couple of weeks after I mentioned it and said, it's for sale. And, and we talked about it. I had a number in my head of what I'd pay for it. And he, he hit that number right on the money. I didn't even argue. It was like done. So, what do you have behind you there? What's that car? Uh, that is a 1964 Dodge uh, nine-passenger wagon. Candy wagon, awesome. is what it's called, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, hopefully get a 426 wedge for it for super stock. It's been a bracket car for years. Uh, had run a 500-inch 440 in it that Lance has built. Um, right now, it's just a roller. I pulled the engine out and sold it to another guy who broke his engine, and he was kind of in a bind, so... I wasn't running it, so I made him a deal on the engine, and now I'm thinking about uh, doing a super stock motor for it. Cool. What what class would that be in then, Tracy? Uh, well, it depends on, because there's three different wedge engines that it'll run in the, the street, the low compression, the high compression. So I've been talking with Gene Mosbeck a little bit about it and what a good idea would be, you know, where to put it. I, that thing will run anywhere from, boy, I think it's, I think it's, uh, say, super stock E up, probably about seven or eight other classes, depending on which which engine you put in it. <clears throat> what what transmission do you have? Is that going to be an auto car? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely yeah. be a, an automatic car. It, just like the AMX, it's an auto car. I, it, it does have three pedals in it, but that was from the factory. I've just kind of tied the brake and the, uh, the clutch together and, and use them as a single pedal now. Got my two-step on on the uh, clutch and use the brake pedal for the brake. Great. Now we got four speed going to try to convert you every time. They knows there's three pedals in there. 
you know, I like the idea and I think it would be a lot of fun. Lance, you know, started doing it now with when he bought Lynn's car and I know he really enjoys it, but I also see Johnny, I see Dirk Olson between every round on their back underneath it with the front end in the air. And I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of like, uh, not doing that and it's a whole it's a whole other thing to learn it, it, it looks like fun but i don't know about the maintenance are you going to defend yourself uh, on that john or am i right in, in a stocker like your amx tracy well we may well, have to uh we may have to try to reconnect johnny Hey John, um, why don't you pull out of the the? I, I, I'm trying, yeah. No, no, back in, out. In your stalker and your but, um, <clears throat> see if you can back out and jump back in. See if that makes a difference you with guys... your connection. That's the problem when you practically live in Canada. I don't know if soul service actually goes that far. <laughs> <laughs> it's close it's to Canada. It's on the metric system. Yeah. <laughs> nice, or it's in French. He's got a he's got a can that has to come with a string to right. the next nearest telephone tower. It's not tight enough. It doesn't want to work. Oh, that's too funny. So, do you actually do you work at the track or help at the track? I see, like you guys are I always running around. Yeah, yeah. I volunteer. I, the wife and I are both uh, Division Five tech inspectors. So she works. She started doing that just to fill time between rounds, and and we both got licensed, and now. She kind of does that full time when we're at the track, and I do it when I'm not racing. Uh, the other events they have, the bracket events I tech and and uh, stuff like that, the special events they have. That's nice. So there was actually a car tour down this weekend, wasn't there? There was. Uh, Larry Curtis managed to uh, put a big number on the board with that Oof. challenger, and I kind of be curious tomorrow to see what NHRA has to say on that one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he was flying, um, purposefully, I guess, but yeah, that's what he said. He, he, I don't know he, if he'll be as excited about it next week, but Hey, well, you know, they were meant to be running if they were factored soft and he thinks it's soft and wants to toughen the car up a little bit. I guess he's on his way. Well, I'd heard that it's just hard to run and try to detune, and it is. I think, you know, you talk about, I don't really have this issue yet, but the guys that are super fast to try to detune them and make them run consistent, you know, they struggle with that. So, sure. I guess maybe there is an advantage to putting some weight on it just so you don't have to detune it as far, but he was, what I think he went, what, 140-something under? Yeah, yep. I think I, I think I heard something about maybe 26 or so horsepower on it. That'll drop him a few classes. Yeah. He's in... He's an H right now, and that's a stick car. So, Johnny, you're back. Do you have a? Uh, yeah, there? I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? We can. The video's a little glitchy, a little bit, but we'll we'll carry on. See what see how it goes. It's that you got to pull the can a little, pull the string a little tighter that you're after on your phone. Being up in Canada, you know, you got to tighten the string up when you. Yeah, yeah. You guys must be talking about Larry Curtis's, and yeah, that's a that combo is has been soft since it first come out, and. Larry's been working on that car for for quite some time to make it fast, and and he did what he wanted to do there. So congratulations to him. But he's going to get a little present from NHRA, I think. <laughs> yeah. So and yes, Tracy, I am going to have to defend because 
your car with a stick in it would be a great combo and it would not be a high maintenance deal once you got it tweaked in so so are you saying right so john are you saying that when you lay under your car it's more just as relaxation at the track (laughs) well it it depends what i got going on but i i did i I did race for about a year and a half with making very few adjustments to my car now i did wear that clutch out this weekend and in Brainerd I had put my old clutch back in it and had freshened about two years ago so I did have to make I think I made two or three base pressure adjustments over the course of the weekend and uh but it was working great the last two runs there and so and it takes me about five minutes to do it so Hmm. The nice thing about a Roadrunner is there's a lot of shade under there. <laughs> the, uh, <clears throat> no, that, uh, so the AMX, what do you have to weigh then to be in D? Is that a pretty, that's a pretty light car, isn't it? I'm guessing it is. It, uh, 3085 is the D minimum. And I, uh, it's, I, I've got weight in it just to make that it, it's, it's a light car. It, it was originally when I built the car, it was originally a D car. And so I was running it down in C and I could run it pretty much without weight in it in C that it, it was, I think 28. I'm trying to remember what C was for it. I think right around 2850 or so 2875. And, and it would, uh, it would make that with no weight in it. And then I got horsepower taken off and it, uh, became a natural e-car and so now i gotta throw a little weight in it to run d well i to make c this weekend i was what 30 like 3600 and whatever five pounds like that's a lot of weight that's the heaviest i've ever run that car and yeah yeah that's that that would make me nervous on axles on transmissions on all that other stuff that's that wagon behind me that's that's in that realm and uh, but that that's got a ford nine inch in it so yeah, that's a good thing I borrowed a set of gears. Thanks, J. Rod. He uh, <laughs> last minute two dayed me a set of five fourteens because I'd broke my other set, so I had to throw those in to try to make things work. And like I said, it was a it took a village to make that car down the track. I was just disappointed I only got to really go down at one time. But yeah, it had to be pretty exciting to finally be back out with it, though. Man, it it was just cool. Like I said, it was a uh, fun to. Anyway, it's what do you do? It's just the world we're in, right? Like people are waiting on everything, so I mean, it just oh yeah. It takes time if, and it went probably twice as fast as I was expecting it to for the first time down the track. So that really made it exciting because I had pretty low expectations. I mean, you can have the right parts and the right things, but I mean, you've been working on these cars long enough. They don't just go down the track fast. You know, it takes, takes a lot of time and a lot of massaging. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, if you want to go fast, you got to work at it and it's, it's not just going to. You can't just drop the engine in and, and leave it. You, there's there's just way too many things to do. Probably the only sad thing is is the tightening the bolt on the the ground strap and going seventy five under. Probably the easiest the easiest speed I'll ever pick up by tightening one bolt. You know. And... Well, I got if you can if all the ideas everybody gives you that tells you you're going to gain five hundredths or a tenth from work for you, you're going to have a two second under car in no time. For me, they never seem to work that way. I can make adjustment after adjustment and nothing ever really seems to help, but it's, it's getting there. We're picking away at it slowly, but surely I got a lot of time into this thing. Yeah. I mean, you were, you were running darn good on that thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I qualified, uh, I think about 90 under, I want to say, which for the year we had wasn't bad. Yeah, it was, well, it was the correction factor was when we went one, what, 109, I think when we qualified 108, yeah. maybe for elimination, something like that, I think is roughly what I was showing. Yep. No, you're right in that area. I mean, that's about, uh, 3,030 or about 3,300 feet, I think was the corrected elevation. You know, it'd have been nice. Like <clears throat> I actually loved like Friday or, you know, what was it? Saturday morning when we raced, you know, the overcast sky, like <laughs> no sun, like when that sun came out, it was freaking hot, but yeah, hot and humid. The humidity came back out and the, the barometer dropped to 28, whatever I saw 2842, I think at one point, which is, you know, typical brainer, a lot of water in the air and, and it's slow, but. Yeah, not an easy place to go fast. Um, no, but if you can make your stuff fast there, you'll really get uh, excited when you go somewhere else. Yeah, definitely. So you've got, which motor are you running in the, the AMX? I think maybe you said that, but. 390. Okay. Yep. Does Lance do that motor? He does, yeah. Has that yep. been, how long have you been running that? Oh, this in its current configuration, probably three or four years. It, we, the, the, the engine that came with the car when I bought it had been built by somebody else and we just put it in to sort the car out and I probably ran it two or three years with that engine. It would run maybe three tenths under the index, you know, uh, C index, you know, it, it, it maybe run 11 old 11 teens in C at the time. It wasn't, uh, I wasn't setting the world on fire, but it was, uh, it was, uh, I knew, I knew there was things we could do with it. And, and I knew that engine was the engine that was in it had 20 year old technology. So I thought, you know, there's, there, there's some improvement to be made here. And Lance, Lance hadn't, uh, I'm trying to think if he had told me he had done one, an AMC before or not, I guessing probably not. I know he's pulled his hair out a number of times over this one and, and, uh, but he's got it, he's got it working good now. It looks like John has uh, transported himself to the out of doors. <laughs> we'll see if that helps. <laughs> he, he quick drove over to Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just, I went outside my shop. I don't have the Wi-Fi working in my shop yet. So I'm yeah, literally sitting in the yard here, but thanks awesome. for letting me back. <laughs> so what transmission do you run in the car now? What? Uh, 904. 998, I guess, technically, if you're an AMC guy. Technically an AMX, you could pick which one you wanted, right? You know, I know the Jeeps came with turbo four hundreds, so I'm get. For, I've been told that's an option, and but I don't see why I would want to run something like that. Yeah, the Mopar nine hundred four is probably one of the most efficient things there's out yeah. there. I mean, yeah, it's what every Pro Trans is based off of. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know why I would do it. You know, it's uh, the transmission shield is the issue. I kind of it would be nice to have an SFI case right now. I'm running a blanket. I, I don't like the blankets. They get in the way of everything. They mess up linkage. Uh, it's just a pain, but, uh, I did, I did just before we went on the air, I was surfing, uh, one of the aftermarket parts houses and found a CS a shield for the uh, 904 AMC. So I'm going to order one and see if I can make it fit. It seems like those are a lot of, uh, that's like a Johnny specialty there, cut and chop and finesse and pound and. No pounding. You might as well get the, well, you know, like the old style, like metal pounder, like, you know, like the English wheel. What's that one called? Yeah, we've planishing hammer, English wheel. Yes, we, we can do all that. Yes, Brian. Yes. 
So while I was gone, guys, did you get the chance to talk about Tracy's performance there this weekend and kind of go through the race with him? That's where we're at right now. So Tracy, uh, was the car working good right out of the gate or did you have to do any tuning? Cause I know we had some, a few weather swings there and the humidity was, you know, unusually high with the rain and, and stuff, or did you kind of just leave it the way it was and run it that way? No, uh, unfortunately I can't leave it the way it is right now with, uh, I have a carburetor that has motion sickness right now. So the, <laughs> every round is a tuning it's I'm tuning on it. I'm just about every round. Uh, I got quite a few rounds in and then the O2s weren't looking real good. Uh, as the air gets worse, it gets fat and I, I need to figure out a way to get more air in it. And Jason built line, built the carburetor for me and, and Jason was here this weekend. So he, which worked out great for me. I, I, I had been tuning on it, uh, testing up in Fargo a couple of weeks ago. Lance and I went up there to test, uh, and Jason, I got Jason on the phone and he helped me quite a bit. We, we made some headway and uh, said he'd be available for the Nationals. He didn't tell me he was going to be there in person. So uh, that worked out great for me. It, uh, he, he put his mad scientist hat on and went to work. And we, we made some gains. And it's tough to dial when you're making changes between rounds. But that's kind of what you do. You, you, I, the key is to improve the performance of it. So you just kind of take a stab at it. And it worked for me this weekend. It's... Generally, when I'm not thinking about my driving, when I'm worried about other things is when I do the best. Yeah, I, I find that's true quite a bit as well. So <laughs> if you think, you can definitely overthink this sport when it comes to the driving aspect. Yeah. I always kind of feel like it's not the thing that you think is going to get you when you get to the track. Like, you know, there's always like, oh man, I hope it cut a good light. And you'll be like, teens, but, you know, a ground strap's loose or something like a flat tire you know it's always some random thing that you overlooked or missed that maybe i'm just ill prepared well you generally are Brian. yeah i think uh hot mess racing would be a good name for the anderson racing team but hmr <laughs> so how, how did the race play out for you tracy i was busy with all i had going on there but who, who'd you have first round Oh, sure. Now you're going to make me think. Uh, who did I have first round? Um, I'd almost have to look at the list. So first round. Was it? You got the list in front of you, Brian? Yeah, let's see. I was at the Age bottom. does this to you. You had Larry Dick. That's right. Larry Dick from, uh, I believe he's from Factory Stock B Car. I think he was from Winnipeg or up in Canada there. Yep. North of yep. John somewhere. Yep. Yeah, I had him first round. and uh, So I would say, looking at the lights, uh, the clean tree was an effect on him. Yeah, he got he got a jump. You were 26 I, I and he was 267 red. Okay, I, I knew he was pretty red, but uh, I, I couldn't remember. I, just, I thought it started with a two. So yeah, that one, that that was uh, that was round one. And then uh, that was going to be a, my favor. That was going to be a tough one, though. He went nine thirty four with a six on a nine thirty four. So yeah, yeah. That he he had he had the he had the back end figured out. And then and then you had a buy second round because uh, Mike had his troubles there. Who? How, yep. Then, Mike Barrett uh, broke a starter, swapped the starter out, and uh, the 
hot lead on the starter was up against the block, didn't realize it, or close to the block. And it started and made it up to staging fine. But when he got into staging and hit the key again, he heard a pop. And then smoke started rolling out of the hood and melted all the uh, rubber off the uh, the, uh, positive cable. So that was the end of Mike's run right there. So I had a competition by second round. Do you feel that? Gave you, like, I noticed you were dialing, like, a 68 going into that, you know, and then going in after your buy. You went into the 66s. Does that give you a good idea what your car is going to run? It does if you leave it alone. But, like I said, we weren't leaving that carburetor alone. So I was putting a number on it that I knew it would run. And I've got more brake pedal than I do throttle. So I I just thought, well, like, if I get there too soon, I, I know what to do. But, you know, round three, you were still solid. You had a 27 light again. Um, I mean, you you were there. Yeah, who's that now? Ru- you were against Russ Spear. He was 15, That's right. you were Russ, 27. That, that was a, I was nervous on that that one. Russ has been running really good this year and, and uh, going rounds. And I, this was really my first race of the year. I, I've been out because of the uh, parts shortage like everything else. And and so I knew I had some rust, rust that... Uh, that test in Fargo helped me a little bit with the lights. And I was hitting the practice tree hard this weekend because I know I needed it. And <clears throat> I was nervous against Russ, but uh, I I got, that was a good run for me. That was, and, I was happy when I beat him. And that was a double breakout, but I'd say your work definitely paid off. I mean, a 27 against a 50 light, that's the difference on a double breakout. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you just, you were in a better position going in. Yeah. 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 That was a good, that was, I made the right decision on that one. That, that worked out well. And I, I, that, that round against Russ is what gave me the confidence because that was when I looked at where how things were playing out, I knew that was going to be a tough run. So, well, And, of course, the fourth round was no pushover either. Uh, don't get me wrong. He, uh, that Gene Mosbeck, anytime you've got Gene Mosbeck on your, in the other lane, you know you've got to have a light. How did, uh, so, how did that – let's talk about that round against me and Gene. How did uh, – what was your strategy there? Nothing. Cut a light and beat it and uh, play it smart at the finish line. It, you don't overthink it with Gene. It, it, the cars are, you know, he, we're trying to. I don't remember what he was dialed. I probably a, in the forties. Not not a whole lot faster than me. He was a sixty-three. You were a ten sixty-six. I mean, you guys were. Yeah, but maybe... that cars. He was holding on that one. He he. When I looked over at him, I was in the left lane. I looked over at him in the right lane. At half track, he was already beside me, and I thought, there is no way I was that late. And I knew that that car was faster than that 63. And and it was like, we got to the stripe, and I cut him loose, and he took the stripe by probably half a car. And that worked out in my favor. I, I knew there was no way that I my light had been that bad. And it worked out. It was I don't remember the lights, but it wasn't a bad light. So you were 42, and he was 55. And I'd say that's another classic case. You had you know You had the starting line advantage. And it changes that whole image, and he just got on the wrong yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. Going into round five, <laughs> you got our good buddy Glenn DeMang. Glenn, my teammate, uh, that I've never beat Glenn. And never. Glenn was driving killer. He was double O the round before he raced you there, Tracy. Yep. I know. Yep. He was really rolling there. And when Glenn gets rolling, boy, he is dangerous. He is. And I, that, I, I, and that, of course, was Sunday morning. And I, so I had all night to sleep on that one and I did not sleep well. I, I was thinking about it all night as, you know, how, how, how is it going to go and how, how, how well of a, I knew he had was double O. And when we were in stage and I, 
I kicked his shoes a couple times when we we're standing there talking to each other. And he looked at me like, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to couple, kick a couple hundreds into that foot. <laughs> and uh, he kind of looked at me and smiled and he said, well, quit kicking because he might be doing it. So it worked out. I, I don't know that that was what did it, but it. Well, you were 10 and he was 124. So if it yeah, was two he, kicks, each he, kick's worth about five, I guess. Yeah, he, he missed the tree on that one. That And that was the first time I've ever beat Glenn. We've we've run each other a lot and I've never been able to get by him. But still, he was wow. 10. He was a, he went dead on with an eight in that round. I mean, he that, went dead on with an eight. He said he was coasting. He 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 he, he would have broke out. I mean, he was he was holding a little. So he, he was coasting when he crossed the line. He 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 knew it wasn't going to happen. I with that much of a difference in lights, it was, I had a pretty good lead on him. I, I was out of it pretty early too. So, yeah, I mean, you just, like I said, you were solid when you need to be solid and it was, <laughs> you drove really well. And I think every single time you had the advantage on the lines. I mean, that was, that was key. Until, yeah, yeah, it, I did. It, the final round was my lucky round. I, that, that I uh, had no business winning that round with that light. Um, I don't know. I guess I just missed the tree. I think I was 61 or 62, something like that. Uh, not one of it for the, for the final round. That's not where you want to be. And Ron, Ron, it was dead on. I want to say he was double O the so round before the round before he, he was, he, he was double O three. I think the round before. Crazy. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I want to say dead on with the dead five. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. dead five. Against yeah. And Brett, I knew it. Against Brett yep. Spear. So, and yep. that's, and when you're going to be an eight pack, you need a down spear. I mean, like that's, yeah. that's the perfect round in that situation. Like spear is always deadly and like Ron deserved to be in the final like that. That's getting after yeah. it. If he wins that round, you got your hands full. So, and Ron is a good driver. He's, he's gone a lot of rounds lately with that car. So yeah, I I'd, was, I'd be ahead. curious to know Tracy, you know, between Ron has won the Brainerd National event once or twice. No, Bill. Well, I know Bill's won it two or three times, right? Bill's run it, won it twice. I don't know that Ron's ever won it. Okay. Okay. Because it, 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 it seems pretty crazy. I mean, when it comes to Brainerd, it's pretty rare that someone outside the state of Minnesota wins that race. <laughs> well, there's a reason for that. Brainerd is probably one of the only tracks in the nation that actually has a stock super stock program. So... Great the local point. guys are there running each other heads up or, you know, we, we scale, we don't fuel check. We don't have the technology at the track for that, but we scale, we run a, a regular stock, super stock points program and we have a, a decent turnout. And uh, so the local guys, you know, in the state and the surrounding states that, that participate in it. Do they give, even let us North Dakotans come over there, Brian? <laughs> They do. Well, yeah. let's look at round four. I mean, so you're four at a national event. You're four rounds in. You got Tracy, Gene Wasbeck, Brett Spear, Al Corda, Glenn DeMang, Russ Kramer, and Ron Feist. And, you know, I want to give props to Russ Kramer. That dude, since last year, driving. He has been driving out of his gourd. Like, yes. He's yep. doing great. He's the guy now I don't want to be next to. Like, right. I don't know if it's Rabbit's Foot. or I mean, it can't be. I mean, he took out Justin Lamb in Topeka last week with like a what a three light double o three like when he has to be he did the same thing to Paula Cotton he was double o against Paula and Paula's a good racer and uh, and Russ doesn't get intimidated by anybody he just he, no. if you know Russ he's pretty laid back he's he's got a real dry sense of humor if you've ever seen his Facebook live posts they 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 are good 
He's, yeah. he's got a heck of a sense of humor. I feel like it's kind of like the ah shucks. I'm like, hey, he took out Lamb. That was awesome. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 I'm just like, I'd still be jumping up and down. He just. Yeah. So that's... what can I, Tracy, that in on Saturday night in round three there, what, what lane were you in? Do you remember? Who was that against? So you were against Spear, against Russ Spear. Brett or Russ, Russ. I was in the right Russ. lane. I was, everybody was putting me in the right. I didn't, I, I never, I don't have a lane. I've never asked for lane choice. Uh, I generally give it to the other driver. Um, yeah. I'll just take whatever lane they put me in until Saturday night. And then I actually asked for it because it was sunset and the, the tree was washing out. Couldn't see the lights. And that's, but. Right. And that's why I was asking, because that's what happened to me. You know, I was down to the, what whatever round that was, third or fourth third round. Or were you in the right lane? Yep. You couldn't see the, the three ambers, no. could you? No, neither could I. And I, and as I, soon as I went hard. up, Yeah, as soon as I went up there, I'm like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Yep. And, I, uh, I, you know, yeah. I, I did the best I could, but I was 60, and, you know, Russ laid down. He was he was killing a little to go dead on, and he was 27 on the tree. I mean, he did a great job, and I, I'm not trying to make excuses, but uh, I, I want that one back. Well, let's, <laughs> yeah. I, my car, I was going dead on. My car made the best lick of the weekend, and, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it was tough to see. There's no doubt about it. it. And that was, we had that one more round that night, and I knew it was going to get worse. And that's why when Gene asked for the left lane, I told him I wanted the left lane too. I hadn't been in it all day, but I knew yep. I couldn't see the ambers in the right lane. Yep. And and it didn't matter. Honestly, by the time we got back up there, I, I couldn't see pre-stage or stage. They were gone. They, they, were, they completely washed out. And I thought I had rolled through the beams. I couldn't see them come on. It finally finally got to a point where I saw one blue dot in the upper right corner and, and I realized I was staged and uh, I looked over and I could actually see Gene's pre-stage was on but I couldn't see his stage so I thought well it, his, it had washed out too I, I rolled up and kept rolling and I'm looking over to the left at the beams on the ground because I don't I cannot see the the, the uh, stage beam it, it's gone there's nothing there I did not know where I was it was frustrating I look back at the NHRA guys I shrugged. I didn't know what to do. I could not see the beams. And yep. uh, Gene I apparently told me afterwards he had the same problem in the right lane. Yep. And I finally got to a certain point, and I thought, I've got to be in. I didn't know if Gene was in. I just got on my two-step and sat there. And I probably sat there for five seconds, and the tree came down. So I thought, sweet. I didn't know where I was in the beams, but... <laughs> It was what it was. It was a yeah. it was a tough round. Well, you and you yeah, and I, Russ were both twenty seven that round, so you guys had the two fastest lights. And I'd say sixties okay. were you know well there was two thirties, two sixties, and a forty. Um, four wins in the left and three in the right. So John, it is an excuse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, my old eyes couldn't see it. Don't give me this. So. I couldn't see the bulb thing. I tried that on you when you beat me in the final, and you said it was just an excuse. That's true. You did say that, and I did not let you get away with it. So thank you. <laughs> so I, I just do, I want to give a shout out to to Brett Spear there. Um, man, what a weekend he had! Yeah. You know he was rolling in both cars, and then to 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 win comp that was his first comp eliminator win, and to be jumping back and forth between those kind of cars. I mean, we all know that Brett is a exceptional talent in our sport, but just just an impressive performance and and obviously i was racing in comp this weekend too and and uh i raced you know brett and i were both struggling with red lighting in those cars that react a lot faster than our stockers and and he figured it out a lot better than i did because he was 20 
several rounds of eliminations there in comp and, and, and they tuned that thing up and took out a couple of really fast cars and just, just an impressive performance. So he, he is the man that's for sure. So you weren't too shabby there either, John. No, I was, did you go three in both? Uh, no, I lost in the second round in, in, in comp, but, uh, no, I've been, you know, I'm blessed to have the opportunity to drive that car. It's not, you know, I, I, it's just a kind of a, you know, I can't even believe it's happening, but to, to drive a, a car like that at, at a level like that in a class like that, it's just, it's an honor and a, a privilege. And so I work at it really hard and, and try and do a good job. And I have impressed even myself, I guess, with re representing myself the way, the way I have there. So it's, uh, it's worked out pretty good, but I definitely screwed it up in the second round and, and, uh, didn't drive the car correctly. Not that I had enough to, to beat Eaton anyway, but he was going to have to take permanent index to beat me. But I, I, I screwed that up. And uh, anyway. But how many runs do you actually have in that now with the five speed in it? Six. <laughs> the rest of my case. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, no, I, I was getting her figured out there pretty good. And, and actually, it's crazy. I, you know, you know, obviously uh, driving a Liberty and shifting something at 10,000 RPM is a little bit different than, than pounding on a Jericho at 6,700 in a big block Chrysler. But, you know, my car is super fun to drive. That car is super fun to drive. But I am way better, way more accurate driving the comp car than I am my car that I've been driving for 30 years. So I don't know what that's all about. But like I said, part of it has to do where I'm just really focused and I'm really trying to do a good job because, like I said, it's a privilege to drive that car. So. And it, it's not just driving it; it's I'm I'm tuning on it and trying to make it faster. And you know, knock on wood, so far we've been making it faster. So, so we'll keep working on it. And I'll, I'll keep working on me. <laughs> Sometimes that's the easy part, isn't it? No, that's the hardest part. <laughs> yeah, if I if I could figure out how to uh, to, you know, drive like Brett drives, I'd be a lot better off. <laughs> Yeah, I want to just touch base on Superstock too. Uh, another guy that really impressed me for being kind of under the weather and hasn't been racing a lot. Man, Mans is just tearing it up. I mean, not that any of us are surprised, but man, he just did a great job on that thing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. I didn't realize that that Mike was was sick this weekend, but he uh, when I I messaged him last night and he told me that yeah, because I I apologized I hadn't seen him all week. He said, well, I was hiding out in the motorhome because I didn't wasn't feeling well and but he was obviously driving good and he had a you know one of the best up-and-coming stars in the sport there in the final with Wyatt Wagner um Wyatt is I think Wyatt's 20 years old now and he's already won a division championship and national events and divisional races and I mean he is he is a talent and and proved it in the final there where he was 10 um but Mike uh old wily mike mans managed to beat him so <laughs> i think and i had this conversation with uh matt steen like he's like well, i know he doesn't feel well i'm just trying to send him home but I, I didn't do a good enough job you know we just want to give him the weekend off so he doesn't have to stay out here but i think he just has an ability like i feel he knows better what his opponent's going to run than what the opponent run. i think he could dial his opponent's car almost just as good as his own like he just you know yeah you're a fast car so everything's in front of you but having the ability to know like why'd they dial that you know, I think he, I just think he has a good, really good feel and understanding of air and, and does the research and knows what people are going to run. And 
I don't know. When I race him, I feel like he knows how I dialed better than I do, and that's pretty easy then when you're just chasing him. Yeah, Mike is a definite student student of the game, and his engineering technical mind comes through, and he is, yeah, definitely one of the toughest competitors out there, there's no doubt. And normally their cars are some of the funnest to watch leave, but I would say the best launch of the weekend has to go to Doug Ingalls when Jameis running that super stalker. Man, that thing was just pretty every time that thing launched. Yeah, that they've they've Doug's definitely got that car dialed in as far as that goes, and, and they were having a lot of fun with it. But yeah, it was all in all really good racing, and it was you know the weather. Everybody's worried about that, and I thought for sure you guys would still be racing on Monday, but they got the show through. So you know, great job NHRA for getting the schedule to run through, and all the workers that were out there. I mean, Trace, you know that just as much as any of us. It takes a uh, army to make all that stuff go as smooth as they made it go. Oh, they did a wonderful job. I, I, I was with you, I thought for sure, when we got rained out, uh, the sportsman classes did on Friday, that we'd for sure be sticking. There's no way we were, they were going to get us all done on, uh, you know, schedule back on track on Saturday. But they did a heck of a job. I mean, they, they ran us late, but we, and the, those last couple rounds on Saturday were tough, but it, it, uh, it worked out. So, Tracy, you and your wife both work at the track some too as well correct yeah that's right yeah we're both so, tech inspectors at the track okay and how long have you guys been doing that oh probably 15 years or so okay cool yep. is that something you just wanted to get into to support this the sport in the track or? well the wife cindy got bored sitting around the race race trailer between <laughs> rounds and wanted something else to do and they were always stacked up on Friday night or Saturday morning trying to get cars through. And she just thought she'd walk down there one day and ask him if there's anything she could do to help. Sure. And they handed her a clipboard and said, yeah. So <laughs> next thing you know, a couple of years later, she's licensed. And uh, I thought, well, good for her. It gives her something to do, do while I'm racing. And, and then uh, I went down with her the next time she was going to license just to, it was at the division five banquet in Kansas city. And I thought, well, I'll go down and sit on the class with them and then uh, go to the banquet and and then come back. And I just sat in on the class and I looked at the rest of the tech guys when it was time to, when Blackwell was going to hand out the test. And I said, well, I'll see you guys later. And they said, oh, sit down, you're taking the test too. And I said, <laughs> okay, I'm here. What the heck? So yeah, I, I, I licensed and, and been doing it ever since. Cool. Well, thank you for taking the time and effort to do that. We all appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. So, and then Tracy, I wanted to ask you <clears throat> if you covered this while I was gone, uh, but how, how did you get into the sport? I mean, were you into cars or did you get into stock super stock specifically, or did you start bracket racing? How, how did that story play out for you? Uh, pretty much like a lot of people, I always into cars, uh, did a lot of the car show stuff, restored cars for years and just got sick of the, what I call the lawn chair Olympics going and sitting yeah. at a car show and, you know, waiting for somebody to hand you a trophy. I just, couldn't do that every day and and uh i went to the saint cloud uh minnesota car show and they had a swap meet there and i guy had a 66 coronet that was kind of a pro street car and i had a 40 ford pickup of my own and i walked up to the guy and he i said you had any bites on it and he goes nope and i said want to be interested in something else i'm i'm, I'm kind of interested in your car and he goes what do you got and i told him and and the, Basically, we swapped keys. I gave him the forty Ford. It was a street rod. Yeah. Um, I think, I think we, I think it was a fair deal. I brought the Coronet home, 
uh, started going to Wednesday night street legals with it. It just had a stock 383 in it. Uh, next thing you know, I was talking to Lance saying, I want to go faster. So I bracket raced that for a couple of years and then uh, found the Barracuda and uh, made a stalker out of it. And that was a 273 combo, right? Yeah, 66 Barracuda, 273 four barrel, M, M stock automatic. Yep. It was a good place where did to that start. Car, where did that car go, Tracy? That's in New Zealand. I, uh, really? That, yep, yep, guy from New Zealand, and he's racing it. It uh, It's on the circuit over there. Of course, it's winter over there right now, but they're, uh, he's uh, he was pretty excited to, to, to get his hands on it. And actually, uh, was one of the people that was watching the live stream yesterday and one of the first people to congratulate me. He was They were watching it at a pub in New Zealand, the, the Lucas Oil Nationals, so... It uh, so, was kind of neat to find out that they were they were rooting for me over there. So Brian, I ain't got nothing on Tracy. He's got fans around the world. He, I mean, can you picture the scene? The bar full of these guys hooting and hollering at the pub. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it was, I, I thanked him for that. That was a that was a pretty cool thing to find out about. It, it's humbling, that's for sure. Yeah, and and. and he got a good car there. I remember when you guys got done with that car, it was a pretty trick little piece. So you put it a lot was. of work into it. Yeah. Yep. He's really happy with it. The good. thing, the thing that's been in my mind since I've seen you on the camera, is that like a 78 Chevy pickup next to the, is that a Dodge or oh, Chevy? No, that's a Dodge. That's I a, can't quite tell if it's a square cab hey, or not. The I see the rounded. No, no Chevrolet in this garage. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, like the yeah. back of the cab looks good, but I'm like, yeah, looks no, about like my a, 78 power wagon. That's got 29,000 miles on it. Wow. The 90 Dodge W250. When's that going to be speed. a stalker? No. That's my wow. that's kind of my summer daily driver. Nice. Yeah. So, I Brian, I wanted to to share some of my experience at the racetrack too that I had there on Sunday. If we're are we getting close to out of time? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Go ahead. So, I, Tracy, you've seen where I was parked there and Brian yep. you did right there's just right across the staging lanes from the wheelie bar kind of in the, the comp pits or whatever but <clears throat> so my car is, is right there where during the pro show when a lot of the spectators would wander out into the pits they would walk right by my right by my pit you know and uh which i thought was kind of cool and so on sunday when i'm getting ready to pack up and organizing all my stuff and we're taking awnings down and getting all the comp car stuff put away and i had wiped my car off and and had it sitting behind my trailer there, and I, I set my class trophy on the roof because, well, I guess I'm an egotistical maniac, and I'm a little bit proud of that. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, I I literally was there. I mean, well, I don't know, till one two o'clock because I couldn't get my stuff packed up because a group of people would were were stopping every two three minutes, and as soon as I got done talking to one group, somebody else would come by, and you know, your average national event pro drag racing fan, most of the people I talked to didn't really know, you know, much about stock super stock racing, but everyone stopped because they, you know, oh, what's this cool car? It's got a trophy sitting on it or whatever. And and anyway, mm -hmm. it was just super fun to, to sit here and tell these people about the car, you know, and it, oh, you know, what's it run? And, you know, well, you know, this weekend in this kind of air, you know, it was running 1120s and, you know, I've been in the 10s in good air. Oh, is that a 500 cubic inch, you know, whatever? Yeah. Am I going by? No, it's cast iron intake, stock carburetor. We've got these real restrictive rules. You know, and I just, just told them about the sport. And I, 
I don't know how many different people I put in the seat and, you know, showed them how the clutch and the shifter and it's like, yeah, you drive it. and explained to them, you know, about the weight and the bracket racing and the heads up portion of it. That's what this trophy. And so it was just a wonderful experience. And, and, you know, that's what I mean when I talk about, you know, the last time I was on and I was trying to impress about how we need to promote our sport, but that's, that's what I'm talking about there is, is just exposing people to the sport, letting them know what it is. You know, I talk to fathers and sons and, and, and just letting them know that, that this is something that you could do and you could be here, you know, go out to the track, you get, you know, so anyway, it, it, it was just a wonderful experience. I thought it was kind of cool that we actually got to race on Saturday, like three and out on Friday, you know, but how often do you get to run first round Saturday morning? Is that, I mean, it's my second national event, so I don't know a lot about it, but it's just crazy the amount of people there, you know, like just walking everywhere. I tell my wife, I'm like, she goes, oh, you know, how is it? And I'm like, there's people everywhere. Like, I just, that's the thing I have never really been exposed to. And there was just, it was kind of cool. And you were in the perfect spot. Like, yep. Yeah. And there was a lot of people in the stands at, at this race more than, than usual. I thought for, for all the sportsmen racing, I mean, the stands were, 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 you know, fairly full, um, both during comp and stock when I was up there. So I, I, I was impressed with that as well. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I'd say, I'd say the fan turnout for this race, uh, was probably one of the, I would have said, uh, looking at the stands, one of the better races NHRA has had as far as fan participation. Yeah. I mean, dur- during the sportsman racing, you know, usually it empties out, but I'd say they were still 25 percent to a third full you know yeah. during stock and, and comp and that one round of comp i mean holy there was a lot of people up there <laughs> that's yeah. that's kind of the funny thing is it's like the crowd changes you know like oh it's the pros i'm gonna go talk to the cool guys <laughs> right and then the hard oh. and the hardcore fans come up because yeah. yeah. the they want to race yeah. yep. it's like oh comps but, up everybody runs back up there and everybody's going they're like it was just it's always a constant flow of people either way yeah but that's what i mean about about exposing the average drag racing fan, the people that just come there to see the nitro cars and let them know that these normal cars race. We have heads up racing. We have the, the, the talent that it takes to bracket race and, and it's not a huge investment and it's something that anybody can do if they want to get into it or at least, at least, you know, uh, uh, support it and be a fan and be interested. And, you know, I was telling, what social media pages to go on class, you know, telling them about the podcast and, and telling them about class racer and how to get more involved in the sport. And like I said, that, that was my point. The last time I was on is, is if, if we as racers need to take the responsibility to take the time to do it, I didn't want to be there. Like I was tired. I was hungry. I've been there for four days working my tail off and I could have loaded up and been home before noon, but I didn't because I just had the steady crowd of exactly what we want. Um, yeah, and I all agree. I after I, after the the final, I when I got back to my pit, the pits were pretty empty. There was really not a lot of reason for people to be walking around out there. But I was surprised at the amount of people that I and I had done the same same as you. I don't know why it looked like a good place to put that that uh, national championship wall <laughs> right, right on not... the roof of my car as I was starting to clean up the pit area. You know, just start putting yep. things away. Well, it's a good. That's a nice nice little thing to look over at as you're cleaning stuff up and. And I, I suppose it drew in a lot of people because I had a lot of people come by and want to talk and, and uh, questions about the class. People that had no idea, they, right. well, is that a Ford engine or can you, can you run a, could you put a Hemi in that? Can you know what, what, what do you, you know, is that a, is that an LS, you know, and no, no, you, you, you explain to them and it, 
what kind of horsepower does it make? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, and they, they were just amazed at, at what those cars would do for and and the interest they were showing in in the sport was really neat. So really, yeah, the, he, really the formula is really simple. I mean, Tracy, you know the right guys in NHRA. Like anybody that wins class, do class at every event and have them park along the staging lanes, and you all put the trophies on the top. Like there's nothing to it, right? Like just yeah. win class. People come talk yeah. to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. They like to see that. Get your gold chains out so you can just hang them all. You know when you're walking around. Yeah. <laughs> not me, but somebody could do it. Maybe John. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do that. No, no. Johnny can't do that. It'll get caught underneath the road runner when he's under adjusting his clutch all the time. I do want to say at the end of that, uh, at the end of the day, I, you know, I, I'm not a, my, the whole thing for me was, and I told the wife, you know, if I ever, and I told Ben line this too, cause he had won it a couple times. And I said, I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you turned right, went down in front of the fans and we're able to talk in front of him. I said, I would panic. I would lock up. I said, if I ever win one of these, I've turned and left. I'm going back to my trailer and I'm going to make me, make them bring me the Wally. Well, before we ran, NHRA guys comes up to us and told, tells us both, here's what's going to happen. When both of these cars get to the end of the track, you're both going to turn right and you're both going to go down in front of the fans and, and the whole thing like that. And, and I'm thinking to myself, if I can get through that through and off to the left, I'm still going to do it. Well, I got down there. Safety Safari had her blocked. There was no option for me to turn left because they they were pointing. Apparently, the word got out. Everybody was standing down there pointing across the track. They had it blocked off with the trucks. I I had no choice. And and so anyway, I I, I did did what I was supposed to do. And there was one person I forgot to thank when I got up there on the podium. I had the first person I wanted to thank, and you guys can probably imagine who the first person is you'd want to thank when you get up there. And the one person I didn't thank, and that was my wife. I, I blanked. I, she was her, she was the first thing on my mind when I won. She was the person I wanted to thank. And when Joe started talking to me, I just went, lost it all. I didn't know what to say. I didn't, I just kind of followed his lead and, and climbed down off the stage and the rest of the guys, you know, and you know, the guys, Lance and Ben and Brad, Coy Visto, Glenn Domingue, all those guys looked at me and said, you didn't say, you didn't thank your wife. I looked over at Cindy and I said, did I not? And she goes, she just kind of shrugged her shoulders. And, and, and I, so I, I just needed to thanks guys for giving me a chance to say that. Uh, well, more I people like a heel, more people are that. listening now than we're listening then. So we're covered. Yeah. yeah. I felt like a heel. I felt like a heel all day while I was working on the car. I it's her birthday Wednesday. So I'm going to take her out to a nice dinner and make it up for her. Yeah. You saved the best for last Tracy. Good job. Thanks. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be pretty tough to walk up on that stage, and I mean, it'd be yeah. cool, but that's something I'll remember for a while. Tracy yeah. was calm, cool, and collected, and and I hope someday that I have the opportunity to do the same thing. And I tell you what, I'm going to be a mess. I'll be balling. It'll be bad. I, I had, when when Chrissy gave me the ET slip on the top end, she was already in a full blown blown ball, and I gave her a hug, and then I started doing it, and it was like knock it off. I got to go up there. I said it was not. It was not a pretty scene back there by the scale, but I kind of got it together before I got up there on the stage. Oh, that's awesome! Well, congratulations again, Tracy, and and uh, you're a you're a great guy in our sport. You, when I first pulled into Brainerd, you were one of the first guys to come up and 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 show me where to park and and make me feel welcome. And so I've always appreciated that, and uh, I look forward to racing with you a whole bunch more in the future. Yeah, same here. Same right back. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. So do you got any plans for Indy, either of you guys? 
No. What was that look, John? <laughs> oh, you guys cannot believe the pressure I'm under to go to Indy. And I, I drug my feet and didn't get it in stock. And I mean, I want to race at Indy and have the whole experience. And you know, it's a obviously it's a dream. But now I've got the whole comp eliminator uh, uh, culture. I mean, everybody I, I, on Sunday there when I was packing up, Joe Aerosmith, Brian Stufflebum. David Eaton, obviously Lynn and Doug. I mean, they're all just, well, you're going to Indy, aren't you? And I'm like, ah. so, but yes, I'm probably going to be racing comp eliminator in Indy. And, uh, and I'm blessed to have the opportunity. Uh, I don't know who's going to finish my house or any of that stuff or <laughs> all the stuff I got going on at work, but, uh, but I better take the opportunity while I have it. Well, fortunately so. where you live at, it's going to be winter in like two weeks. So yeah. <laughs> you got like 11 months of winter there to work on the house. <laughs> yeah, buckle up. Uh, yeah. How about you, no, Tracy? Have you ever been to Indy? In Indy? No, I'm not. No, Thank Lance you. is going and I've been offered a, a, a spot. Uh, there's a racer that's pulling out and he asked me if I wanted to go, but I've got uh, quite a bit on my plate right now. And I've got a couple, you know, I'm, I've got quite a few races coming up. That is one I want to attend someday. I don't think the car is ready for it. Um, right. I, I, I think it would, I think it, it's very competitive. The idea to go to Indy in stock is to win class. Yeah. I think I'm it's close. I don't think it's quite there yet. So you definitely have no problem qualifying, but no, no, it, it qualified for the field easily. And it's, it's done a best of 1033. Um, I don't know that that's good enough in D, you know, one, one twenty under maybe. I don't know. Uh, that was in good air in St. Louis at uh, Tyler's race <clears throat> yeah, a couple years ago on Easter weekend. We were below sea level, and, and that was some magnificent air. So yeah. uh, I know it's capable of running a good number, but uh, not not good enough to win. And when it's ready, I'll bring it. It might be another, maybe next year. If we get this carb figured out, it'll be, it'll be there. Yeah, it was kind of interesting how Indy didn't fill and didn't fill, and now it's... I know three people right now that literally have stuff packed if there was an opening and they're like, I just don't know if it's going to happen. Like you kind of have to play in, are they going to pull out? Cause right now it's five over. It'd be fun to watch, see who wins the a stick shootout. What's your next race then Tracy? Are you going to be going to the Earlville MCR race? Yeah. Yep. MCR and the, the, uh, divisional afterwards. That'll be my first grade point this year. I haven't been out. Um, I, I was going to have to go hard to get grade points, but, to get into my local race next year, but I, I think I just found a way in uh, another way to do it without having took to go. Care of that problem. <laughs> I took care of that problem yesterday, <laughs> but yeah. I'm, and then I'm going to go to the double in St. Louis, the double divisional and the fall classic in Indy. Uh, I think that's a double national open. So uh, I'll probably end the season at Indianapolis. I think that St. Louis race, I'm going to try to get ready for that. I think we're going to do Earlville for the MCR and then try to go to the St. Louis. I think it was so fun last time I was there. I got to go try again. I don't think the air will be quite as good, but be some of the best air we get to run in. Oh, yeah. yeah definitely. Yeah. Well, awesome. Like I said, I appreciate your time coming on. and Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right. Sorry about my technical difficulties, guys, but... Well, well now we know outside is the answer. That's all we got to say. John, go back outside. You'll I'll be get good. my Wi-Fi fixed eventually <laughs> Jeez, I can't believe, you know, you're just sitting around watching TV all the time. I can't believe you don't have Wi-Fi in your shop, you know, like. Brian, I haven't had a TV for eight years. <laughs> you know, that, was the, 
I was actually kind of mean to poor John all weekend, but it was really, really enjoyable because he was kind of in a, a soft state of busyness. So <laughs> I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed like being able to release some of my frustrations on short jokes all weekend. So, Well, according to Randy Bong, uh, <clears throat> Pitten was four speed Johnny, Dennis Alvey, and Andy Kimball. It's nonstop chaos. So <laughs> <laughs> I was a. Uh, I'm glad Randy brought that up. I got to give a shout out. I was so busy. And like I said, I'm, I'm trying to tune this comp car and I'm, I'm learning as I go and asking lots of questions from people all over the country. But I had Andy Kimball from Vegas. He was dialing and tuning the Roadrunner from Las Vegas. So if he told me to take a quarter turn of clutch out, I did. And I'd call him just, I said, here's what I think. And he'd tell me, put this on the window and am I holding any and away I'd go. <laughs> So I wasn't tuning or dialing my car. Andy was, and he did it way better than I do. So I don't know if he knows it or not, but he has a permanent job. Awesome. <laughs> I'm just going to let him do that in the future. Andy, It was so fun to just go up there, and I, I, I'm not questioning it or thinking about it. I'm just, okay. <laughs> Andy Kimball School of Clutch Tuning and, and Dialing. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So it was super cool. So thanks, Andy. Well, I think the problem is John got spoiled, Tracy, so I was – I was noticing, like, when you work on the clutch on the comp car, John can literally stand in there. He's just <laughs> standing working on the clutch. And yeah. I told uh, I told Lynn, I'm like, you know, you can never get another driver for this car. And he goes, why is that? I'm like, you're going to have to get taller projects if you get an adult-sized driver because they can't just stand in there and work on it. That's like horse racing. you got to have the short jockeys. Come on now. That's how you get down there. Well, congratulations, Tracy. Like I said, you're always, you're always in the hunt. And you know what? You're just you and wife are great people and it's always a joy to see you guys there so it's really cool to you know and you know a competitor is a competitor but when great people win that just makes it even better so it was well deserved you did an awesome job and you earned every bit of it so congratulations on thanks. that thanks brian that means a lot appreciate it john you did a heck of a job too for two cars and everything you had there i don't think i don't even know johnny's kitchen was hardly even going i mean you even had no. substitute cookers going on from what i saw <laughs> Yeah, John Dalman stepped up to the plate and uh, and he did some cooking for us. So yeah, there was I was not cooking; I was busy. So I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, at least it's a John, so it's still technically <laughs> John's true. kitchen. <laughs> Excellent, <laughs> John's secondary kitchen. Cook. But yeah, <laughs> thanks guys. Have a good night. Absolutely, no problem. Thanks, Thank you guys. See ya. Yep. Thanks, Tracy. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You bet. <laughs> well, that was a. F- eventful weekend after it was good to be back like it was yeah. uh i kind of missed my family uh i'm excited a lot of work to do yet but we don't have many races left that's kind of the sad part like well when you wait most of the season with an empty uh engine compartment that's why i was red <laughs> the anticipation that's <laughs> right. literally had not seen a light or sat in a car <laughs> until this weekend and for a year it's nice i i do want to remind everyone in case you were had forgotten in the last few weeks. Uh, you can help support the show directly by donations. Uh, we don't charge for this show. We put it out there. Um, and so if you get value out of the show, you decide what that value looks like. Send it back to us so we can continue having these uh, talks with people around the stock and super stock world and beyond. Uh, ClassRacingToday.com. Click on the donate button and you choose the value. Everything is welcomed and much appreciated. Uh, it is... Uh, it's a lot of work to put this together and try to keep this going on a regular basis, and we want to keep trying. So, um, Also, another great way 
to uh, help support the show is actually to subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Uh, we're getting closer to what we need to. Uh, well, we need as many as you can. So uh, one of the best ways you can support the show is just by telling more people about it. And that's a one way you can do it. Uh, share it out across your social medias if you have them. Uh, any last thoughts before we <clears throat> wrap this show? No, well, get your stuff ready and come to... Earlville, Iowa, over Labor Day weekend for the MCR race. Earlville, this this coming weekend. A uh, week from this weekend. Oh, so the end Earl, of Labor Day weekend. Oh, Labor Labor Day weekend. There we go. Awesome. ClassRacingToday.com, ClassRacingToday at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to just send us a note of thanks and congratulations or whatever, uh, or you want to be snide, you can certainly do that as well. Thanks a lot for listening. We appreciate it. Have a great day. We'll see you uh, next time. Hopefully, uh, it'll be around this time next week, but you never know what happens. Brian's car may uh, end up driving off somewhere. Anyway, thanks a lot. Have a good one, Brian. See ya. Yeah.